get you a green bean. Hey, how's it going? Sorry I'm late. Uh, we just entered the other room, so I uh, can't wait to get this one started. What's up, Vlad? What's up, Arts? What's up, Godcloud? How you guys doing today? Good, good. What's up, everybody? Yeah, what up, yeah? How's it going? Good, good, good. Good, good, good. What's up, what's up? Yeah, we're going to be playing some music. Again, we're going to be talking NFTs, how they can coexist with music, different innovative, creative ways. Um, I got my brother Vlad up here with me, uh, you know, one of my business partners within our independent record label and also one of the producers and creative director of Reject Dreams, um, our community, our collective, our brand. I'm waiting for our other partner, Todd, to come up here, producer, engineer, extraordinaire, and um yeah, you know, we're excited to kick off the show and, and uh, talk to the people. Awesome, Tefli. So welcome everyone to the room. Uh, this is the third day three of the NFT Music Conference here live on Clubhouse. And uh, in this room, we got the AMA with Arts and Reject Dreams. And it's going to be a super, super dope conversation. Um, so I think I think we're waiting on a couple. You got Arts, are we still waiting on a couple other people to pop in or uh, are we good to go? Uh, we're waiting on our one other partner, but, um, you know, we could, I guess, start, you know, uh, before he arrives, if you want, just to not slow up the progress or whatever. And then when he gets in, we can kind of introduce him. And, you know, I know he's going to be playing some tunes later on, probably the last half an hour of, uh, of, the, of the talk. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be super dope if, if you and Vlad could introduce yourselves to, to the audience. Um, Tell us a little bit about how you got started in music, what what made you fall in love with it, and how you got into the NFT space. Vlad, you want to go first, or you want me to kick it off? Kick it off, brother. No doubt. What's up, everybody? My name's Arts. I'm a hip-hop recording artist, art curator, director, founder of Reject Dreams, um, which is our creative collective, independent record label, and uh, community. We model ourselves kind of like after a new age Marvel or X-Men where, you know, it's an open format community where we have everything from myself, like an artist, to a person like Vlad, producer, creative director, graphic artist. Um, and we just welcome all kind of creatives into the fold of, of what we're doing. Um, pretty much Reject Dreams started when I was uh, 15 years old, just a kid in back of the classroom writing raps on my notebook. And um, over the years, uh, you know, 11 years now, um, you know, in my, in my process and my journey, um, moving as an independent artist, when um, I became about, I think it was like uh, yeah, 19 years old, um, and I dropped like my first couple projects, I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Vlad. And um, Vlad not only became, you know, my main producer, um, but he also became my mentor, big brother. <laughs> Um, and he has, you know, shit ton of music experience too, even in passing. Um, so at first Reject Dreams was just me, you know, feeling misunderstood as an artist and creating like this motto where I felt like, you know, a reject, you know, um, I faced a lot of adversity in my life and using that rejection to overcome obstacles and manifest my dreams. And along that journey, I kind of, uh, attracted these different individuals that I would say fit in that same, uh, you know, that model or that, or that framework. And um, myself and Vlad linked up and a uh, producer named The Outlier, formerly known as The Renaissance. Um, 
and when we linked up, you know, we just had a common interest and a love for music and, and trying to push the envelope and do innovative things with, with not only our music, but how we expressed ourselves. So this gentleman pretty much, you know, literally uh, was the Obi-Wan to my Anakin for all the Star Wars out there. You know, and we kind of created the infrastructure of what the sound would be like um, for my music, along with our third partner who we're waiting on, um, Ty the Sound God. Um, so, you know, in 11 years, I met Ty through college. I met uh, Vlad through, you know, me working like uh, independent radio outlets. And um, we kind of met by accident, which was in a weird way. But, it, you know, everything happens for a reason. So from there, you know, we built up our community. Um, by just aligning with individuals that, that, again, fit that same framework. And over the years, not only have we put out music, but um, in the last seven years, I've curated mixed media gallery events that was powered by Reject Dreams and sponsored by Reject Dreams and showcased um, the members and the people that are within our community. Um, you know, we've done our own, we've built our own video production team where we've done our own videos. Uh, we, we've done our own marketing at this point. Vlad is the head designer of our merch. Um, everything from stickers to sweaters to t-shirts. We've also collaborated with visual artists to release my music through tangible uh, physical art. And um, that was before, like I said, seven years ago. So that was even before we were aware of what NFTs were. And now we're here and we kind of feel like, you know, this place has embraced us so much and, and we're kind of, we're very prepared. Um, for this moment. So it feels very good. Um, and, you know, now I would leave the floor to Vlad so then he can kind of give his take on it. Hi, everybody. Um, as you can see, my name is Vlad. Um, and thank you so much, Arts, for the uh, for the intro there. Um, I'm going to take it back to before I met Arts a little bit so that to give you guys a little bit of context. Uh, I've been a music producer for quite a while. Um, and I've had the opportunity to work with gr Grammy nominees and um, Grammy award-winning producers, and I've gotten a lot of placements, and um, especially in the earlier part of my career, the, the no-name, and some of you in here might recognize what I'm talking about when I say the no-name placements, where you get money, but you don't really get the name recognition, and um, one thing that I had in common with Arts before I even met him was the fact that I was... I considered myself a reject, but I, I held that um, moniker respectfully. You know, in other words, I felt something good of it because I was different. That meant something good because I wasn't like um, what we would categorize as, as sheep, you know, or the sheep mentality or the culture vulture, because I was really trying to just forge my own path. Um, I have had to endure with many of you, I'm sure are enduring today which is that that weird separation that you don't want right i don't want to be i don't want to have to feel alone because i'm choosing to do something different but that is unfortunately part and parcel of what this journey is right so i you know i made my way i got my placements i did it all and i didn't do it by myself a lot of people like to say you know uh, i'm self-made nobody's self-made in my opinion um, there's an experience or, or something that, that contributes to you, um, you know, following whatever uh, track you get on. And that experience is usually, um, you know, pushed by another person or by, you know, someone's words or their deeds or whatever, be it good or bad. And so long story short, you know, I, I, uh, I reached kind of like my peak uh, uh, with a 
previous artist I was working with by the name of Esso, um, who was like unsigned hype. He was um, really, really had all the buzz that you could want for up and coming artists. We did several. We we headlined um, South by Southwest back when it was even more potent as a music outlet. Um, you know, I've lots of lots of amazing opportunities. However, and this is the key part. However, I've yet to um, make my uh, I've yet to make my whatever the culture says is the the impression that um, you know people say that I should make, which I don't really agree with. But that impression being that I am a multi million multi millionaire influencer with money and power as the as the scepter that I wield. I am an artist. I love making art. I, I want to make money and I want to feed my family and I want to help others and, and set up production camps all over the world. If any of you out there are rich and you want to do that, please hit me up because that's something I want to do. I want to reach people. I want to I want to go to the deepest parts of the Amazon in Africa and, and set up production rigs. But that's another story for another day. But I'm an artist. This is what I love to do. And whether I do it broke or filthy rich, I'm still going to do it because it's what drives me. And um, sometimes that mentality has hurt me and it's put me in places where on the business end of things, I suffered. So let's fast forward. Um, Met Arts, um, like he said, it was this weird accidental meeting. Um, you know, I, a friend of mine who was doing uh, some hip hop uh, stuff, he, he asked if he could use my apartment and bring people up to interview some up and coming artists and such. And, um, and Arts was one of the people he brought. You know, and um, from the very first moment I heard him, um, I knew that there was uh, a lot of talent there. Um, it was rough around the edges, you know, in my estimation at the time, whatever it was rough around the edge. But there was something really, really, really potent there, something really um, that I felt like um, could could make a difference. And so then, you know, we we got to listening to each other's stuff. He showed me some of his stuff and I showed him some of my stuff in my apartment and um he instantly took to, I think, you know, I'm not saying he was, he'll tell you himself. I'm not sure if he was the greatest fan of my production or if he was, uh, or if he wasn't. Um, but we, we took to each other on that. And then it's so funny that, you know, we talk about reject dreams and adversity being the, the thing that really fuels a lot of our creativity and, and our push. And what did we start with adversity? He and I started, we really didn't like each other very much, honestly. Uh, pardon the, Pardon the, the phone in the background. It's my wife's phone. I should have gotten it out of here. But anyway, yeah, so we started off on a weird foot. Like, it wasn't smooth, and, and it, it didn't feel like this once-in-a-lifetime thing where you're like, oh, God, I've met my musical soulmate. <laughs> it wasn't that. Not at all. We are very both, we're both very strong-willed people. And even from the time that he was 18 and 19 years old, Arts has always really um, pushed his expression and pushed his way of speaking and pushed his manner of being right and you know me being the older gent it's that sometimes you know it, it kind of like uh messes with you because if you have something that you you've established over the course of a long time as far as wisdom and and knowledge and, and just you know good industry practices so to speak some of the stuff he was doing was clashing with that you know and, and, and speaking on it but we found a way and then we became like brothers he became like my he was more than my artist he was my younger brother and then um what i did was i had a specific very different but still hip-hop still urban sound 
but it was not the garden variety. It was not what you hear on the radio and still is not. And for some reason he took to it and we started to build and, and little by little that flower bloomed. And then this guy, one of the things I want to say before I pass it back is, is that this guy, no lie, y'all, is the hardest working person I've ever met in this business, bar none. I, like I said, I've worked with Grammy nominees, Grammy award winners, multi-millionaire um, invested people all over the spectrum. I've never met someone with this dude level of drive. It's incredible. And I'm just happy that we get to share this journey together through the ups and the downs, which there have been many of. Um, and, you know, I'm really glad to be a part of this and to also have another outlet from my own uh, side of the creativity, from my expression and my voice. So I thank you all just for being in here because none of you owe me a damn thing. So that's, uh, with that, I'll pass it on. Great. Thank you for that, Vlad. Yeah, I think it, it, it speaks volumes, too, because, uh, like he said, we both had our, our very own um, bravado and voice and expression as artists, you know. Um, and, you know, in, in a lot of ways, those who are familiar with uh, Mike Tyson, you know, um, the outlier Vlad has been kind of like my customado, you know. And after 11 years of working with each other, we now have, uh, you know, accolades that we can say that we've earned with each other from um you know him producing a record called king of the sky which featured uh you know we're still independent but we've had the pleasure to have um celebrity artists on some of my songs and one of my first um records that ever my first record to ever reach a major radio from dj enough and peter rosenberg on hot 97 was produced by vlad um featuring an artist named duckworth who's now signed to republic records you know we've um We've worked with Emily Sande, um, Ari Lennox, uh, you know, so on and so forth. But, you know, through our ranks of just grind and hustle, we've been able to get some of these acknowledgments from major publications to radio, so on and so forth. But, you know, we're still the rejects in the mud with it. And um, we're pushing not only for ourselves, but from the people that are misunderstood, for the people that are on a journey to overcome those odds, you know. I want to say, I'll just add this to it because what he just inspired me. Reject Dreams, so you guys know, right? Reject Dreams is for the misfit. It, they're like the misfit, the reject, the the person that's ignored, the the underdog. Like a lot of people are, you know, they're on that tip to a degree. But the reality is, is what we've done from day one, from the very first day, was we try to create a home for those people, a place where, man, even if you don't rap the best. Even if you don't make the best beats or paint the best pictures, that you could have a place where you could develop those talents and skills while being in a friendly environment with other people who feel the same way you feel. And so we invite any of you guys who are out there also, and this is not um, this is not any kind of like promo or anything like that. This is just real. Like if you guys wanna if you feel like left out and you feel lonely and you feel like you wanna be a part of something that's dope, but you're a weirdo, let's just say. Then, then join us because we're weirdos too. Peace, um, family. Can I just add something to that? Um, Arts, thanks for pinging me into the Rim God Cloud, Chuck. So nice to see you. Um, Vlad, I believe this is my first interaction with yourself. I came in the space and I heard you speaking on creating spaces for creative individuals. I'm not sure if you know 
of an artist called Uncut. So we've been working on a project called Protect Your Heart. And at the moment, we have acquired three lots of land, one in Belize, one in Texas, and some in Arizona right now. And our goal and our mission is to set up eco spaces for creatives to go where they'll be able to record, create music, create art, and all that other great stuff um, in a space where they don't have to worry about having the resources and everything there. So I'd love for you to um, network with us and help bring this to this vision to life. I already followed you. Thank God for you. And thank God for what you're doing um, to piggyback on. First of all, please follow me on Instagram and let's start the conversation immediately. Um, uh, Years ago, Arts and I and uh, our partner, Ty, we came up with this crazy, like, Burning Man type of thing. I say Burning Man only in, in the sense that it's a uh, common community gathered in a, you know, unique place to share and just to connect and just to, you know, do all these things. And, yeah, sure, you can have some marketplace there. You can have some business going on. But really, it's almost like the idea of a festival's festival for, to celebrate the people like like yourself and like us and like others that really are in tune with that vibe. Yeah. And uncut me and him have tapped in a little bit too. So, you know, it, it all works. I'm familiar with, with his work and vice versa. So it's good to, you know, to have a, let's have a meeting of the minds for sure. We, uh, like Vlad said, we've done some stuff. Um, one, my apartment here in Queens, uh, free real estate art has, uh, it was inspired by just opening up a, a, a place, my apartment, a safe haven for artists to come paint on the walls of my uh, place. And just and we have a sewing kit in there. We have backdrops for photo shoots and different things like that. So we've always been about, you know, um, bringing community together and bringing like-minded individuals and people who ain't even like-minded, just uh, embracing the unconventional um, and, and just mixing with people from different walks of life because i think that's the beautiful thing about life and especially where where i'm from being uh where we're from being from new york you know it's a melting pot society so you get to meet you know all these different types of individuals so we love to embrace that and yeah let's, let's do it i love that i touch down in new york tomorrow so and i'll be staying in brooklyn so i'll, I'll be reaching out and we can do it in real time rather than on social media yes let's do it love it Yo, that's dope. That's dope. You know, I'm I'm really vibing with the whole reject dreams thing. You know, being being a being a black dude. I was about to say a black kid because, but I'm 34. I'm not a kid anymore. But you know, growing up as a black kid, playing playing in metal bands and stuff, I always felt you know, like you know, on the outside, like never really fitting in or you know, never really being able to truly feel like accepted or anything. So I'm totally totally vibing with the whole reject dreams aspect of it. I love that. But um. One thing I wanted to ask is how, what, what kind of opportunities have, has the um, NFT space created for Reject Dreams? Can you touch on that a little bit? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, echoing what I was saying before, it's kind of, uh, you know, seven years ago, um, we started doing mixed media gallery events where my performance turned into these gallery events where we celebrated other visual artists, fashion designers. We even booked comedians um, and all sorts of different types of artists, you know. So in the process of that, as we were releasing songs, we said, you know, 
um, we want to make these songs have more assets and life to them, whether they be comic books, clocks, posters, stickers, one-off pieces of merches or limited uh, exclusive merch drops that coincide with these uh, records. So when um, years ago, Vlad had an idea um, for something called downloadable content, which was us providing music, but these different assets existed within it. And, you know, we talked to a, a couple DSPs that we had, like, a couple people in the building for, and people just weren't ready for it because we weren't trying to sell music necessarily. What? We were trying to get music for free, and we were trying to create almost subscription-based models where um, we we allowed people to purchase their purchase power we would be going to these assets um and you know at that time the game wasn't ready for it so when nfts came into existence um it happened uh you know i would say i wouldn't say by accident but somebody mentioned it to me and then it came up in a clubhouse room that uh you know we host for for reject dreams and just like hip-hop culture uh talks and um yeah, from there, I kind of just dived down the rabbit hole. Um, we all did. We all started educating ourselves. And then I started being in more of these clubhouse talks. And, you know, I'm really the type of person that, um, you know, I believe in the motto, like, when in fear, dive in. And I wasn't in fear. I was actually more so like a, a kid in the candy store. I was like, like, honestly, we probably have enough content that if I didn't collaborate with no uh, artists within this NFT space, we could be releasing stuff for the next like two years. But um, we hit the ground running, you know, so we put something that we did out in the physical space, but we didn't actually do prints physically um, for my first NFT drop, which was a Miss Batista comic book, um, which is the song and a comic book that coincides with it. Um, and it was about, you know, my high school sweetheart and her overprotective Dominican mother that used to live across the street from me when I was uh, dating her. Um, so we started with that. And then uh, recently, about a week and a half ago, we dropped a new music video called Tan Seats. Um, and I did a collection and a series of three different NFTs that um, involved four different visual artists. Um, one being a photographer and videographer of the video, somebody I knew, and three other people, uh, two women and another man. Um, one woman that's in the audience right now, Jimena who's amazing. She's from Colombia. Um, one woman named Suplex, who's from LA, and then a gentleman named Keith, who now resides in the Bay Area, in San Francisco, actually. And um, he is originally from South Africa. So, you know, immediately, we embraced working with uh, different visual artists off the jump. Um, even though Vlad also does his own visual art, and, and I've dabbled as well. Um, you know, we're all about just being open arms and continuing to, uh, you know, embrace people as much as they've been embracing us. So this NFT journey has been amazing. Like, you know, I'm talking to like people from different walks of life, uh, living in different locations, people in different age brackets, over 50 years old, people that are telling me like, yo, I've been bumping 10 seats this week. And my 14 year old kid is like, mom, what the hell are you doing listening to this? Who put you on to arts? And, you know, it's just been very over overwhelming but it's been love and and we're super excited because i think the more we can drop nfts the more we'll continue to develop you know the fan base that we have built out that reject community but also just add these people to our history and our narrative um throughout the timeline of, of what we do and i think creating moments with people is probably one of the most important things for us to later on be talked about yeah let me just jump on that to answer the question as well um he kind of laid a lot of it out right there, but 
you know, um, I'm an older guy, which is really funny when you consider that, you know, arts is, you know, he's quite a bit younger than me. And there's a divide there, right, that, you know, exists sometimes between, um, between age groups and stuff. And it's not necessary divide, but it's just cultural divide and such. So um, we, I've come from the era of buying your CDs or your tapes or whatever, and you open it up and you have liner notes. And those are a physical, tactile thing that you can touch and read and understand a bit more the story behind this music instead of just something that's being pressed down your throats and, and cookie cut and all this other stuff, you know, and I'm not trying to complain because there's a lot of beautiful music still being made, of course. Um, but there's stuff that got lost in the digital world, right? And so that's why the NFTs are so special to me. And it's such a wonderful thing. Like I'm still getting my feet wet in it. Arts is further along, along than I am. And I think one of the most amazing things to me, is like, it brings back to me at least the tactile without abandoning the digital, if that makes any sense. So I'm able to now make music and do stuff and create art that coincides. And so is arts. And we as a team, we're able to do this stuff. And then we're able to give people tangible product. We never, like he said, we never wanted to sell music. That's not what we wanted to do. We wanted to make music and we wanted it to be big and we wanted people to love it and, and stuff like that. But we wanted to, to, to give people things that they can take and put somewhere and hold and whatever. And, you know, uh, future has come and, and now here we are in this space where you can meld both things together. And we're super excited for what the future holds there. We even came up with our own process. It's something I worked on previously before I met Arts and Them, but we never fleshed it out completely. It's called episodal releases. So just imagine this. Imagine you make, as a as recording artist, you make one album, right? And rather than give the public the album in one recorded uh, medium, just one piece, you spread it out over a year, like a comic book. And you e each month you give the audience another edition of it, another episode of it. And with that episode, art, visuals, story, Easter eggs, kind of like, you know, some of what, and I'm not celebrating this, whatever the case is, but what the MCU is doing with Disney, how they are not only telling stories that are Marvel related, but they're also mixing in all this other stuff and this rich, like soil of, of things, of content. And that was the idea behind the episodal releases. And we weren't able to get it off the ground, just like Art said, because of um, the, the public wasn't ready for it. I mean, the industry, let's just say, wasn't ready for it. So we struggled there. And that's something that I want to add this in that hinders us a lot. Like, where a lot of times we, you know, and I'm not saying, I'm sure a lot of you guys are ahead of the curve as well, but we're ahead of the curve with our approach on a lot of things. And what happens is that you don't get a lot of early adopters when you have that process. It's just, you know, not in tech, not anywhere. So, yeah. Go ahead, guys. Take the floor. Awesome. Hey there. Yeah, this is Jay. And uh, if I could take the floor, I appreciate it very much for you inviting me on stage. And it's a pleasure to meet all of you and Vlad and Arts to listen to your story. Yes. Yeah, They're incredibly inspiring. And so I'm a little out of breath. I was working out <laughs> and I live at 9,500 feet altitude in Colorado. Well, so, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and to your point earlier about all the people you meet uh, on this platform, which is just beautiful. 
and it's so diversified. I'm 63 years old and uh, getting into the NFT space to create a high impact model myself, but that's not why I'm on stage. <clears throat> and it's really interesting. I'm, I study. Um, it's interesting that you chose reject and I do understand why you chose reject as the name of your business. Um, I prefer to position people who use that name to potentially apply to themselves because others have applied it or that's the way they feel and use the word outside the box because people like us are not rejects. We think outside the box, we do outside the box, we dream outside the box, we even potentially behave outside the box. Um, and it's all in an effort to pursue a belief and a dream, just as you guys have done and done really successfully and are now taking to the next level. And so, you know, I just come back to the point that you're not rejects. And when I even hear you use that word um, and say that you're aggregating people who kind of feel that way, totally understand where you're coming from, but it's those people that end up changing the world over and out. Yes, to totally, Jay. And, and we appreciate that. And the thing we love to do too is, you know, we, we embrace the unconventional. So that even goes to wording as well. Like a lot of the times people have negative connotations of things. Um, and they kind of like, uh, you know, like to hear the word weird, right? It comes with this negative connotation. But to some people that might make somebody clever, quirky, witty, you know, and with reject uh, that, you know, when I, when I first came up with the name, it was more so based on that line. I looked at some of the leaders of the world, whether it be Martin Luther King, Huey Newton. Um, when you go into religious times, these people were rejected because of their thought process, because, like you said, they thought out of the box. They were unconventional. So to us, it's really taking that rejection and using it to manifest dreams. And the word reject, if I call you a reject, is usually I'm calling you a reject dreamer. Um, now, if you don't like to be called that, sure, but uh, I, I totally respect and understand that. But it's a term of endearment, you know, more than anything. But I do, you know, appreciate uh, the love and I appreciate your, your insight as well. Thank you. Also, thank you, um, Jay. And your input was super valuable to us. Um, you know, um, my production name, my music production moniker is The Outlier, which goes along with what you're saying, you know, um, and I believe that. Uh, reject dreams is um, the reason why I love that that reject word and I'm not going to defend it or anything it's not the place for that but the reason why I love the word reject is because it instantly elicits an emotion you're either going to be on one side of it or another side of it it's not going to be something that's going to come across as garden variety it's going to be like man I'm not a reject what the hell are you talking about or I am a reject I could relate and so those two things are the things that we use as our forces um, to kind of generate not just interest, but also um, curiosity. And because we feel like there's a lot of people in this world that, you know, you mentioned that you're 63 and God bless you. You know, um, uh, there's a lot of people in this world that go a whole lifetime before they discover themselves. They get to 20 and 30 and 25 and 
50 and 60 sometimes before they even know who they are. And you know what, when I call myself a reject, and it's funny because I'm a very individual, like I'm a very strong individualist. Like it's not easy for, for anyone to get me into any camp or any society and for me to feel like, oh yeah, I can be part of this. I'm kind of like a loner in some ways. But the reason why I took on Reject Dreams and made it mine as well as arts creating it is that it really spoke to when somebody calls you a reject, right? They're using it mostly negative. But in reality, it's a lack of understanding that fuels that, that name calling. It's always a lack of understanding when somebody calls you a reject because really nobody's a reject in reality. If we're going to be honest, everybody has value of some kind. And, um, you know, so we, we actually love the term because what it does for us is it kind of like we get to wear this badge of rebellion. It's almost like this punk rock mentality that we have. I like to say that a lot, you know, in our group meetings, like we have a very punk rock mentality. We don't completely not give a F. We don't give a F about 90% of the time. You know, we just live in our lives and being who we are and learning as we go and trying to hold our judgment and stuff like that. So, yeah. Hey, oh Vlad, man, well I, said. Hey Vlad, I gotta add to that because this this whole thing about being reject is, is, Chuck. is hey, what's going on, guys? Um, it's funny because society doesn't like people who make them uncomfortable. You know, society doesn't make it doesn't like it when people make other people think outside their comfort zone. You know, and that's what and so they label us rejects because you know last time I checked, I don't see any historical figures who uh, did a nine to five their whole life and sat in a cube. I don't see them mentioned in books. What I do see are the re the rejects that changed, that did things outside what society told them they should, shouldn't do, you know, and, and that, and that's what, and so the, the word reject, I take that as a badge. I'll wear that proudly because guess what? That means I've rejected this, the normal societal mold and I refuse to go back into it. That's wonderful that you said that, man. Let me just throw one more thing in because I'm excited. Like, I normally don't even talk this much in a row on these things, but I'm feeling super inspired. Chuck, um, you're 100% in tune and walk step with us and lockstep with us. That's kind of what we, that's who we are, man. That's what we're doing. And, um, you know, we don't always have the answers. Like, you know, we're not a, we're a business Right. So we're trying to, you know, uh, get our ROI just like anybody else. Right. But we're also this crazy collective of people who are just really like we're we're just being ourselves and letting that be the thing that dictates us. And and when you mention, you know, rejects and people versus people in the cube, listen, people in the cubicle are super valuable. We need them. Right. But in reality, though, that shouldn't be the status quo. So you have people like Nikolai Tesla. If you look at what that man did, he was the most reject. Like, he was a reject by pure definition. And we can go down the line, you know, Mozart and others. There's so many people who, who fit that. Michael Jackson, you know, with, you know all of the conspiracies or the, the things about him on the side note, but just as an as a, as a outlier, as someone who's just standing by themselves in a sea of everything else. And being able to to make a dent, that is the spirit. That's everything. And it also talks to. Um, I'll say this quick, and God, glad you could uh, jump in. Um, it also speaks a lot to our um, our thinking and being innovative. You know, and in the music industry, a lot of the times, 
you know, you have a, a hit song or a song that works in a specific style. And people want you to keep doing that, especially industry people. You know, fans, they like what they like. But, um, you know, they want you to, to stay in, in this box. And whenever you kind of step out of it a little bit or you try to push the envelope, it, it sometimes scares people away because, you know, they're, they're on, you know, they want you to be labeled as this one thing. And that's why you have genres and all these things that classify people, you know. And um, I think more and more in this modern age, we're seeing that, you know, people don't want to be classified some people want to live their lives with a certain openness and that's how we approached our creativity too um my origin on music was boom bap hip-hop you know but my mom grew up listening to lauren hill nina simone bob dylan rolling stones pink floyd you know um at the same time my house was a house party it was the the place where she threw house parties because um rest in peace uh dmx but she back in the day she was a freestyle singer who actually had a song with dmx she was a b-girl she was a, a visual artist and a fashion designer but she also was burdened i shouldn't say burdened but she was hit with the responsibility of having kids at a very young age and her mom passing away um, at the age of 15, where she was forced to take care of four other siblings. So a lot of the times growing up, it was kids raising kids. But there was a beauty to, to it, even though there was some dysfunction that came with it, because I was engulfed in culture, you know. And growing up around that, as I grew older and found my voice within music, it made me attack music in that way, too. Like, cool, I can start off in boom bap and, and hip-hop bar-heavy stuff, but then, you know, now we're, you know, over the years, we've made records with Juilliard uh, musicians from clarinet, uh, you know, clarinet, trumpet players to violinists, you know, all different types of, of different artists and musicians um, from different spectrums. I've worked with uh, performance artists, you know, that are in a whole different world. You know, um, when, we, when I started curating art events. You know, just like with rap and music, there was people that said, hey, you should maybe decide whether you want to be a rapper or you want to be a, a curator. And, you know, there's always these people that want to like push or project, you know, limiting you or telling you what you can't do or instilling that doubt in another person, you know, or fear or something like that. And we just, you know, we're always trying to push the envelope and just do us. And if that means that today it's going to be a slow R&B song with a lot of melodies to it and, and a little bit of rap in it, we're doing that. If it means that it's going to be a crossover pop trap record with, you know, classically trained musicians on it, we're going to do that as well. And we're going to keep giving people these moods and these uh, different um, palettes and flavors to choose from. Because the truth is, we don't wake up the same person we were yesterday. You know, um, we sometimes abide by the same models and thoughts and stuff like that, but we have different moods, you know? So that's what we're trying to bring to the game as well. Yo, that's, that's dope. All right. So, you know, I heard you um, talk about culture a little bit, and I just kind of want to uh, um, pivot off of that. Um, so so within our, you know, cultural minorities and stuff like that, like, you know, it's hard to get people on board with, with the crypto and especially with NFTs, like when, when I told, you know, my family and stuff that I was selling my finger drum videos for Ethereum, they, they thought I was on that stuff. You know what I mean? They were like, oh, no, he's on Ethereum now. But um, so <laughs> like, what, yeah, like what 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 ways have you, you know, figured out to help, you know, explain that and help, um, you know, us uh, minority or, or the minority communities adopt these um, new tools and use these new mechanisms? 
Yeah, I've been doing, like, over the last three days, I've probably done 100 cold calls between collectors who've purchased our NFTs already, between potential collaborators and um, fans of mine, you know, people who've bought our physical merch and came out and bought tickets to our events before. And with the education of it, you know, I was, I'm doing these cold calls because I feel like you have to build rapport with people who support you. And right now, because we're not uh, outside, is not fully open, we have to make sure we stay connected and show our gratitude to, to these people. Now, to answer your direct question, the way we've been educating or um, the, the fans that are not familiar with crypto, and when I tell them non-fungible token, they're like, what the fuck is that, right? I've been calling them and kind of educating them on hey, this is what's happening, you know, um, imagine it as buying stock into your favorite artist or band, you know, and yes, these the people I started off with were people that bought our physical merch. And sometimes there's been bittersweet moments in that because they can buy maybe a sweater or a comic book print, right? But if I'm hosting a gallery event where uh, we dropped a couple projects last year called No Sleep 25-8 and No Sleep the Sex Playlist. And we, we partnered with Ace Hotel to do an event where we did uh, 17 different paintings. And each one of them wore, was for uh, each one of the songs of the projects. Now, some of the people really wanted some of those paintings, but to pay, you know, to, to respect the visual artists, you know, we had to place that at a certain value. So when there's not prints of that work, some people from these different walks of life who might be less financially fortunate, um, they can't walk away with that. You know what I'm saying? So what, I, what I've done is I, one, educated them on the platforms to look into. You know, sign up for OpenSea, sign up for MetaMask, and a Coinbase. Those are all free, right? Um, I've gifted a couple, you know, uh, just, to, just to embark them on this journey and kind of show love in that way and embrace them. And then I've also sent them articles and things of that nature and i told them hey for pieces that in the past you might have desired to have but couldn't possess this is this can be a possibly more affordable way to make everybody and anybody a collector of your stuff you know cool 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 good answer yeah yeah i totally you know i'm kind of doing similar things so i could totally relate and real quick i wanted to say that to, to vlad you know what's crazy man i used to be in a band called outlier spelled the exact same with the the picture that i have right now was actually from one of those video shoots so i'm, I'm loving the name my brother but i've um, actually i don't know if it's the same band but i've actually listened to because anything that comes across with that title it kind of goes across my net so i've seen it i wonder if you were playing in the band let's let's connect on an, on a separate thing so we can see and i can listen to some of your stuff and see if i if I know you, but before anything else, um, I just wanted to make it real clear that our third partner, we consider ourselves not a godly trinity per se, but our little trinity and our third super important guy is in the building. I don't know when he joined us, but he's here and that's Taekwon Golson. So if you guys um, please would give him a minute to kind of tell you a little bit about his story and who he is and how he relates to the BJ Dreams thing, just so that you guys have the full breadth of, of, of who we are and how different each of us are from each other. Can I go first? Um, hold on. Let's uh, let Taekwon right. introduce himself. He's, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Ta Taekwon, you got the floor, my brother. Oh, hey, what's up, guys? I came in a little bit late, actually. Um, but yeah, um, I'm Taekwon Golson. I'm, I'm, I'm an audio engineer. Um, I've been engineering since I was 15. Um, and, uh, related to the NF, 
tea space. Um, I'm fairly new to it, um, but I'm extremely excited about it, you know, because I uh, see the potential in it. Anything that has to deal with technology, I super geek out with. So, um, you know, I, I'm I'm excited to see the future in this in this thing, you know, and see where see where it goes. Uh, I've you know been on the collector side, um, and I've collected you know uh, you know one 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 NFT actually, uh, which was pretty dope off of Nifty Gateway. That was pretty cool. Um, so you know, I just have a limited experience, and I'm, you know, enjoying learning from places like this and learning from you guys, um, and yeah, and learning from Arts, you know, because he's doing a lot of cool stuff in the space now, you know, and he's just continuing to grow in that space. So you know, that, that's that's pretty much it, really. Ty, give him a little bit of backstory on on not just the NFT realm of, of what you do, but just like who you are as an engineer and a producer, and how you know we all got started and and stuff like that. If you don't mind. Oh, okay, so who I am as an engineer? Um, I got started in a um. You all like you want the the some some eyes? Yeah, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> tell, tell them, walk them through, walk them through uh, your beginnings. I think it'll be very inspiring for the creators in here as well to see, you know, how far you came from where you are to where you are now. Oh, um, yeah. So I started engineering when I was fifteen. I didn't. I actually started out as a as a hip hop artist first. Like you know, I would say everybody does, right? Um, and you know, uh, I made a couple songs on like a, I, I found like this little, um, this little program on my computer at like a gateway computer, uh, that allows you to record or whatever. So I recorded a song, uh, on my, uh, on my gateway computer and mind you, I'm like 15 at the time. So I recorded the song. I was so excited about it. And, uh, I, uh, went to school and showed it to everybody at school, and everybody laughed me out the gym. So, <laughs> you know, because it was my first song, you know. Uh, so, at the end of the day, I was like a class. I was kind of like a little class clown. So I kind of, um, I, I I went back and I made like a diss track against everybody who was laughing at me, and then I had like everybody in school like just rolling. So from there, people started like hitting me up and like, "Yo, how did you record that thing? Like, what did you do?" And I was like, "Yeah, I got this little program on my computer where you could just like." press record and record yourself and i actually like took the headphones and recorded it through like a through the like microphone input uh, uh part on the actual <laughs> on the actual computer so i had like no preamp no like it was no like fancy technology it was like literally recorded through my headphones so um yeah so i got that we got to that stage and then eventually like everybody from my school just started coming to my house to like record and I still didn't know what an audio engineer was at this at this point. I was just like, "Oh, okay, cool, yeah, come, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll record you," you know. And then I was like, "Oh, well, I needed to upgrade." Uh, then I started to, you know, I got like a Radio Shack twenty five dollar mic. That was like my first upgrade, <laughs> you know, uh, to a studio. And then it just went from there. And then I just started hearing things about like I, I started to wanted to chase a sound. Um, you know, and that sound was uh, a professionally mixed record, um, which I didn't know what a mix was at that time either, you know, but uh, so I wanted to chase that sound. So, um, you know, I started adding those pieces. I remember I, I went to another studio to record 
And this one guy was like, yeah, you need a compressor and a condenser mic. And I was like, what the hell is a compressor? <laughs> you know? And he was just like explaining it to me. It was like, because the way it sounded in his studio sounded like a lot clearer than my studio. So I was just like, wait, how do you do this? Or whatever. So it, it, it was a journey from there for me to just learn. And mind you, at this time, there was no YouTube. YouTube just got started. So there weren't YouTube tutorials that you can go and like, check out and i'm from a small town poughkeepsie new york so it wasn't there there, there wasn't like a uh apprenticeship or internship that i could go to to like learn under somebody it was just like just me at that time and you know maybe there was like two or three videos literally on youtube that that dealt with any kind of audio <laughs> uh at all you know um and they were very very basic um and then now there's like a plethora of it, right? Uh, like audio tutorials and stuff like that um, on YouTube. So uh, so one day I ended up getting Pro Tools because um, I, I heard of it through um, through a friend. Uh, no, actually for, through a studio or whatever. I was like, yo, what program is that that you guys are using? And they were like, yeah, Pro Tools. And then, you know, I got Pro Tools. I opened it up one day and I was like, what the hell is this? It looked like Chinese to me. I was like, I shut it off and I didn't look at it for like another like five, six months, you know? <laughs> and then um, I just remember one day just kind of like trying to play with it a little bit and figuring out that you had to actually create a track to record because before that I was using Audacity. I know this might sound a little geeky to, to, to some of you guys who are engineers. Um, but so I had to create a track to learn to record or whatever. So I was like, oh, you have to actually create a track on this one? I was using Audacity before you just press record. So I had to learn all the processes and like the the order of operations is what we call in, 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 in audio engineering world of, of how to actually start doing these things. Um, so I learned that and then I went to um, and then I started learning little by little. I started doing things little by little to the point where there was a local studio uh, in my town, and I became the head engineer over there. Like I was like 16, 17, or whatever. I was. I started being the engineer over there because they didn't really know what they were doing either. <laughs> so they were like, "Look, you know a little bit more than we do, and you know, but we have the facility, you know." And they had like an Avalon preamp. At that point, I had no clue how to use a preamp. Um, so I was just like fiddling with it and trying to see, like, okay, let's. Well, at least try not to distort these vocals, right? Uh, so, um, you know, so I started with that and then I started getting better and I just always understood, like, that the the artists that I would work with would always, like, even though I didn't know how to, like, mix it properly, I always would try to do, like, some cool creative or add, or add something cool creatively to them or tell them to do this, like, yo, try doing this. And just the artists always liked that. The fact that I was like involved in the music with them, like, you know, giving them direction, like, hey, yo, what, well, how about you do this? Or how, and well, how about you try singing it like this? And then they were like, oh, wow, that sounds better. Dope. Thank you. You know, um, so I always appreciated that. And people liked working with me for that reason, um, even though I still didn't know what a mix was. Right. Um, and uh, so, it's always been like a constant, constant chase of like how to get that that uh, professional sound. So at first it was just like, oh yeah, I got to get better gear 
But then I had to learn like, oh, well, you, well, this actual tools that you can use to fix up the vocals and fix up the music after the fact, post, post recording, right? So then that's what we call mixing. And it's just like, oh, okay, cool. Well, now I got to mix this thing. Now I got to use these tools, learn these tools to understand, oh, wow, you got to fix these things in order to, uh, in order to fix, in order to make it sound better. So the next thing, um, I've only, I only had enough money to go to a community college and it was a community college that everybody, um, would go to, uh, in my area, Dutchess community college. It was like right down the block from my house. Like everybody who got out of high school, it was just like, they, we used to call it the 13th grade because it was like everybody from high school would, would literally just go to that, go to, go to Dutchess and, you know, communications, everybody would do communications. And that, that was, that was that you figure it out after that, you know? Um, but I did my research and I actually, went to my uh, guidance counselor at the time and I was like, yo, I want to do, I want to do music. You know, I want to do music. I want to figure out how to, how I can learn more about this engi engineering thing in school, you know, and it was only like a few different schools that were available. Um, there was uh, like a SUNY purchase and like, but I couldn't afford any of those schools. And the one school that I could afford was Queensboro community college. And that was, uh, it was in Queens is in flush. Um, um, Bayside Queens. Now yeah, that's what that's where we met too. Exactly. Uh, exactly. That's where me and Arts met. Now um I had to end up traveling from Poughkeepsie, New York to Queens every day for school. It's not easy to get to. <laughs> no, it wasn't easy. It was like a four hour commute every day because I had to take a I had to take the Metro North all the way to um I had to take the Metro North to Times Square. That's about like an hour and a half. And then from Times Square, I would then have to take the 7 train. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with New York, but I would have to take the 7 train all the way to Flushing, which is the last stop. That's about an hour. And then, and then after that, you, uh, I had to take uh, the, the bus from Flushing to Bayside, which is about another 40 minutes. So every day I would have to take that and then, and then take that back. Uh, to get to get to Poughkeepsie, but I loved it because it was like kind of like I only had a couple like regular classes like you know English and math, but mostly it was all music. Like we had a our Friday class was like literally singing in the studio for six hours. Um, I remember, how, you know, and and in college I was kind of the annoying kid that used to raise his hand at, at, at every question. Like, oh, wait, how does that work? Wait, what what do you mean by that? You know, uh, so. You know, but it, it really it really taught me the the, the basics and the foundation and uh, and had me understand the um, terminology that I didn't understand before, right? And uh, I remember having this one class where where we Taekwondo. Yeah, we really we appreciate your story. I just want to make sure we get back to the topic of the room of talking about NFTs and, and music. And oh shit, my bad. I know we have a lot of people up here on stage as well, and I think we only have about thirty minutes left, so I want to make sure that we're uh, able to talk about NFTs as well today. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, my just, fault. My I, fault I had guys. one last <laughs> question. I had one last question for you guys, and then we can open up the floor with the last uh, half hour. So, um, real quick, um, and yeah, all all of y'all can answer. So, um, obviously not at once, but um, I know we're adults; we know how to do it. But um, yeah, so as far as NFTs goes, do you see there being a longevity in you know being in NFTs and 
if you do, what is your plan to, you know, to, to stay or to keep your momentum going throughout this community or throughout this new environment? Can you guys answer that? Before? I have an answer to that. I'm, I'm sure arts does as well. But again, an answer meaning just my, my thought process. And I feel like NFTs are just the key to a door. The, the NFT itself is just, that's just the beginning of what this thing is going to be. And obviously you have to acclaim yourself, right? You have to associate and, and understand what the space is as best you can, so you can maneuver it. But I honestly feel like the NFT space is just a, it's a link to something else that's much bigger. I've, I've been in other clubhouse rooms where people allude to that when they talk about um, metaverse and, and things of that nature. And, and, and that stuff is super interesting to me because it reminds me of, of thoughts I had as a child of even movies that weren't that great, but kind of introduced the premise like the Ready Player One film and things where you could just completely exist in a whole nother realm and that kind of thing. So that's what I feel like NFTs represent to me at this moment from a financial standpoint, we all see if you're going by what the financial uh, pundits are saying, then the future isn't bright for NFTs, but it doesn't really matter. That's not a concern because I just feel like NFTs are going to breed another thing, just like Bitcoin has been steady breeding many other things. So that's my answer to that. I hope it makes sense. Yeah, and I would say mine is, um, you know, think about what it really is, collectibles, you know, and for, for all the nerds out there that collected comic books, Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, a lot of the times people think these things aren't sustainable. And then the, the you know, 10 years, 20 years later, it comes right back around. So I don't think, I don't think it's ever a dying business. I think it just has to continue to be poured into. You know, um, there's been a lot of industries, you know, or genres of music that they didn't think could exist, hip hop being one of them, um, so on and so forth. So I think with NFTs, um, they are unlockable, like Vlad says, and we have to treat them like, like collectibles, you know, because you, you might see a collab from a, uh, or a series or a couple of pieces, but you might not ever see them again or done in that fashion or with that song attached to it or that moment. So I think it's for people who who really appreciate uh, innovation and creativity because I feel like there's a lot of flexibility to also release your art in this space to where it's multi-layered and has uh, different stages, you know? Hey, Vlad, I could uh, shed a little bit of light on, on the conversation, tie a few loose threads together, if I may. Great. Please repeat that, I'm so sorry. I didn't hear it. Oh, oh, I said, uh, yes, I could, uh, Add a little bit to the conversation and tie a few threads together. Brenda, yeah. real quick, yeah, I was gonna um, have Taekwon give his um, answer. Then we were gonna go in queue. Sure, shoot. Go had something he wanted to say. Then we can do you next. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah ahead, Taekwon, if you want to answer the question about you know what you think about the longevity of NFTs and your plan to stay in the game, keep momentum. Um, I agree with everything everybody's saying. I think uh, NFTs. Uh, it's early in the game still. I mean, it's not too early because it's been it's been out for a few years now. Uh, but you know, uh, as far as the hype that's that's happening right now, um, it's early. Uh, but I really I really think there's there's a future. And just like uh, Vlad was saying, like I think that this will definitely birth other ideas and other um, innovations on top of the the Ethereum blockchain blockchain. So. Yeah, I think I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what happens. 
Cool, cool, cool. All right, all right. I know, I know everybody has been <laughs> patiently waiting, and I appreciate everyone's patience so much. So, yeah, I'm so, I apologize for that too because I, I didn't know we was so constricted uh, with time, but um, let, let's shoot away with questions if we could try to keep them short. And the last maybe five minutes, we want to play something special for y'all um, as well. All right, cool, cool. All right, so yeah, let's keep the questions short. Let's be mindful of everybody we have on stage who wants to ask something. And uh, Biz, my man, the floor is yours. Thanks, Art. Thanks for inviting me, man. It's good to be here. Um, but to the to the whole concept of rejecting dreams, man, it's like this: if you reject my dream, I will resurrect with a perfected dream. So that's part of the reason why I'm here. You know. Um, Arch is familiar with my story. I kind of shared it, and one day he heard it and uh, let me know that he was feeling my story. You know, um, I'm a Brooklyn-born son of Jamaican immigrants. I was a child prodigy in my in math because my father was um, uh, my late uh, professor Barrett was a professor in math, uh, and he put that in me. You know, but I'm but I was from New York, um, grew up in Brooklyn and Freeport, Long Island. You know, I, I came up with Flavor Flav in them. That's around the, the time I grew up in uh, Freeport. But then, you know, I was able to do all the right things, yo. <clears throat> I mean, I, ke I kept it I kept it solid. I listened to my father. I did the good things. You know, I went to MIT and became a, uh, you know, an engineer and all that good stuff. Got a master's degree. In a, and these days I do AI. You know, I'm, a, I'm an AI solutions architect. But I never, I never lost my heart for the streets. Even when I went to MIT, I, I repped Brooklyn all day. I was that terry cloth, hat wearing, bomber jacket wearing brother. You know, that's just you know. If you think, remember Michael on Good Times, that's how I was as a kid. You know, I was just all about my peeps. You know, and and so I I'm, I went to MIT and I and I repped my hood you know, where I came from. So this is my story. So, like, I but but here's the thing. I didn't become a nerd like that and I didn't get sold out like that. I stayed true to the art form. I make music to this day. Okay, under the artist's name Two Biz. I'm an underground artist. Um and my daughter my daughter's my seed, man. She took my gift and she she is y'all might some of y'all might know her, Angelina Sharif. She's a singer, songwriter and a violinist, man. She's dope. Uh but this is just my side of the world, you know, and and as a result of my work even on the music side I achieve my things on the technology side. I'm still doing that. I'm gonna talk to 808 about AI and all that good stuff. We gonna we gonna build. But the thing that I want to share with y'all is I got this unique gumbo, you know, and it, and it's everything from positive hip hop to you know to AI to to my own personal brand of helper bots. And this is why you know reject dreams means a lot to me because y'all are helping me to to perfect my dream. I didn't. I had a rejected dream. That's what happened to me, y'all. But I'm not. But but I'm not gonna stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. I'm not gonna stop. And that's what Arts was kind of like, you know, encouraging me because um, my music is good, y'all. I mean, I'm just saying it's professionally, you know, it's it's old school, you know, East Coast, you know, um, boom bap. But it's like, yo, I don't have the street cred, quote unquote. Why? Because I didn't go to jail or something like that, yo. Can I possibly? This is my story. This is what Arts and I connected. Could I possibly? get street cred one day for my true achievements, which was to, which, which was a young man who uh, who really and truly achieved, overachieved, knocked out the SAT, did everything my pop said, didn't go to jail. But why should I fail if I didn't go to jail? Why should I fail? Why should my music not get 
you know, get, get out there because the industry wants to put out a certain image that maybe, you know, when I rap, people say, oh, this, you know, with your credentials at MIT, you should be doing that shit. You know, you don't even have, you know, music. What's that? You know, and then when I put it out, they're like, it was like Taekwondo story where people, you know, laughed at him when he came with his creative shit. You know what I mean? That's that's not cool. And so my thing is like, can I finally get the respect I deserve for the merit that's truly in my music? You know? And so what I'm thinking now to, to, to God Cloud's question about NFTs and how it relates, because I think God Cloud heard my story in a different room where I was asking that specific question. Would it be possible because of NFTs and everything that's happening? I even launched a BizCoin today. Peep that. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying everything to get to get out there. And, and, and is, is this new era, this new whole market and this global um, uh, uh, meeting of like minded folks? Finally, would that give me an opportunity to get the to get the um, let's just go right to it. The funding I need to make a difference because there's a leadership thing in this, too. I'm called to be a leader. I got a high calling on my name. But all the ideas you see on bizbarrett.com cannot be implemented if I don't get funding. But when you go to funding, you hear about, you know, oh, fund you like a startup. They want to shrink me down. I got fruit salad. I got edible arrangements, but they want to tell me I got to just do apples first. Man, no, I can't do that. I need to be funded. I, I posted today, fund me. Don't funnel me. I got mad ideas, man. I, I, I had so much love for people and mad ideas that I could use, that I can implement as I build a huge media conglomerate called 2BizIT. I'm like the next Ted Turner, mixed with Mark Zuckerberg, mixed with, uh, with, with Rupert Murdoch, okay? You see what I'm saying? Hey, we Biz, Biz, did you have a, did you have a question about, about NFTs at all? Well, the NFT, no, I didn't have a question. I was making a statement about how important it is in this time to pay attention to things like NFTs, this NFT music conference, and everything that y'all are doing with the 808, everything is so important right now for us to focus because leaders like myself who don't, we will never get the voice we need. And y'all are helping us to perfect our dream and really get out there. So that's- Yo, yo Biz, mm -hmm. I, just want, I just want to reply to that quick and then we'll go to Brendan um, All just right. because God, God Cloud's trying to keep a tight schedule and he also wants to make- it makes sure it's on topic, but I will say this: you already you already succeeded in my eyes, and I think everybody in this room's eyes. You know, what I'm saying I give you the cred personally, and I'm on the street with it every day pushing because there's certain people who are living to die, and certain people who are dying to live. And for, uh, you to, for you to even put as much pain as you put in and believing in something as people sometimes can't physically see. It, that's a success in itself because sometimes people live a whole lifetime and don't even take that step out. So, you know, we'll, we'll get to Brendan, but I just wanted to connect with you on that level and, you know, funding that'll come. But the fact that, that, that you've even uh, sacrificed as much is, is a walking example for, I think, anybody in this room who could relate or who's trying to find themselves too. So Thanks. thank you for that. And then, man, that last, point, that last point is that because of things like this, NFTs and everything, that might be the way that I could actually fund myself. Thank y'all very much. It's Biz Barrett and I'm done talking. Uh, thank you, Biz. Appreciate you, Biz. Yeah, dude, I went to jail. Jail sucks. You don't got to go to jail to do your thing. But all right, Brendan, Brendan, what's up, my man? You wanted to add something earlier. Sorry, it took a minute. But uh, yeah, you got the floor, Brendan. Oh, sure. Yeah, thanks a lot. I'll try to be quick. So I wanted to say a bunch of things, maybe tie tie a couple uh, threads together. First, I want to say is that um, 
I think you guys are all on to something that, that's really, really salient and, and important. So just uh, do a little micro background on me. So um, I'm Brenda Marr. I'm an MIT Media Laboratory alum. I was one of the first 150 people in the world developing virtual reality in 1993. I wrote the first 3D audio engine for content for my thesis at MIT. But, you know, and I've also been involved in computational law and, you know, DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations, et cetera, et cetera. But, the, you know, the running theme here, which is actually really interesting, is, and, and this ties back to NFTs and, you know, the larger issues that are going he, on here with, um, you know, pointing towards things such as circular economies and, you know, getting new streams of income for, for, for people. And, you know, we, we got to solve a lot of things structurally and socially. And, 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 and part of it, you know, part of all this solving this kind of stuff, it kind of goes to what Taekwon, if I'm saying your name correctly, what, what was saying, getting at earlier, you know, th th that idea, like, you know, being in something and, 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 you know, not, not knowing what to do or how to do it. Right. So when I was in the media lab, we had different people, you know, one guy was soldering uh, silicon boards, other people were, were artists. You put these people in a box, you give them pizza and that's innovation. Right. You put people who don't know what they're doing in a box and you feed them. Right. And it goes kind of to what you were saying earlier, Vlad and Artis, yeah. that, you know, that these ideas of how to, you know, bring people together, give them some tools. But now we have the other things that we can begin to do, which is is not only, you know, use NFTs, but we could do some other types of esoteric ways of funding some of these things and building value in these communities so that we get the circular economy flywheel going and, and that's why i'm here because I, I think fundamentally these things are 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 really important for society so uh, my question for you is your thoughts on this that's all <laughs> you know how do you get the flywheel going i mean you, you seem to be thinking about it and we could talk about it offline but um keep going with the conversation you're you're you're, you're on the right track i think Thank you so much, Brendan. And I've had the honor to be in other rooms with you and, and hear more of your story and would love to connect. Um, you know, Ty always says this, but you taxed on the information you don't know. You know, so it's all about, you know, connecting with one another and educating each other and, uh, you know, trying to see where we could place value in each other's lives with dreams and, and innovations and all those things. So appreciate you for that. Um, and for anybody who, you know, might be in this conversation that might want to add something because we're limited on time, um, maybe we could create another room after this. So on another, I, I usually host a room tomorrow night, too, um, just so then you guys could get guys and girls could get all your thoughts out. Because we also love to talk NFTs and music, but we also love to just naturally vibe with people, too. Um, but today, you know. 808 Wave has been, you know, giving us, is hosting us, and we just want to keep the natural ebb and flow of everything. But thank you, y'all. Um, DJ, DJ WHD, Holly, Hollywood. It's, it's Hollywood. There you go. There you yeah, go. Don't think about it too get it. Good, <laughs> What's up, up, brother? What up, y'all? Uh, thank you for holding this virtual space, man. So, um, I, I've just been listening, and uh, I've just been, you know, hop, hopping in from room to room. Um, you know, for the conference and stuff, just catching some gems. So I would just say, I don't, I like, it's, I guess it's a question in a sense, but I would say, what are some things that, um, for a person that's getting into NFTs, like not some do's and don'ts, but like, what are some things that you found out after the fact that you were like, oh crap, you know, that I didn't know this, you know? So that's, I guess that'll be my question. CJ, how I'm done speaking. 
Thanks. Um, well, in my experience thus far, uh, you know, make sure whenever you're minting something, you got all those description details right, uh, all the titles on everything, making sure that the actual um, MP4 is playing, uh, the loop is right, different things like that. Else you're going to find yourself spending that tedious money with the gas fees. Um, and then I think also just like a, a general understanding of how the blockchain works and how crypto works and, and all of this as well. Um, just so then you're understanding what you're investing in. And I, I treat it like another investment in a portfolio, you know. The only thing I could say to add to that is because I have way less experience than even arts is that uh, the what seems to be a problem is people overthink it. Like if you try to understand it and make it fit into um normal business terms or normal um, distribution terms or you, if you try to fit it into that you're going to have problems and it's going to take you longer to figure it out i think just openness accept it for what it is and get in that's pretty much it i have a question uh yeah who who is that oh, oh did this I, is that did I skip Troy? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, wait, who's, who's that speaking? Though? This is uh, Money B from the group Digital Underground. Oh, dope. Oh, yo. Yeah, legend. Um, up, yeah, yeah go, go for it, brother. I, I, God, Cloud, were you trying to keep this thing in order? I just don't want to, you know, um, but, but go for it. Just oh, yeah, I apologize. You, nah, okay. nah, it's all good. It's a quick question. Um, do we have any idea how the copyrights fall when it comes to music and NFTs, and I'm asking, you know, I just did a partnership with a, a company called OG2D, and you know, we're we're creating a few collections that we want to drop soon. But you know, I'm I'm wondering because no one's been able to give me the answer if there's music that I have the publishing rights to, but not the master copyright, you know, the master rights to say a song like "Do What You Like" or "Humpty Dance." We created the music, but Warner actually owns the master copyright. Is it, you know, do we know how the royalties are split? You know, and if, if I do a one of one, is that like selling, you know, my Beatles collection of records or do I really have to strike a new deal because it's not in our, you know, NFTs. The internet didn't exist when we, when I signed my contract, you know what I mean? So how, how, how is this going to work if anybody knows? Yeah, from from the from the the information that I've been educated on and what I've read, it seems like the labels who who own the master of that, it's going to be a conflict. And I think because this is, is such a new boom, um, there's going to be a lot of things that change probably even day to day too, um, as far as like copyright and IP and all of these different things. So I feel like I would be doing a dishonor to say I had the exact answer. But at least that's that's what I'm seeing. Like it works for us because we're an independent label, so we own our master and we own our publishing because we are the creators of our music. So the conflict really doesn't exist as much. And um, I've read, you know, artists that try to do that, be signed to a major, and now the major is kind of like, okay, we need a piece of that as well because we we own that that catalog, you know. But yeah, it's well on us right now. Let's touch base also. Maybe I could point you in some of the things that I've uh, not only read, but even some of the lawyers that I've met in this space to maybe, you know, spark a conversation with them as well. Money, B, what I would, Money B, what I would recommend is in, in 12 minutes, we're actually about to, uh, Jesse's about to host the NFT law, 
conversation in about 12 minutes um so if you are you know free then feel free to pop in that room a part of the conference it's going to be he's going to talk about a lot of that stuff and and uh, i believe there, there'll be some q a a part of that as well so you can um he'll have like a whole panel of lawyers so you, you can be able to ask that uh question there right. as well um, i'm with that awesome um, awesome and i know i know uh uh i know we only have about 12 minutes left and there's a lot of people up here on stage as well um troy i, I think you uh we're up next if we do the ptr order i wanted to make sure that you were also able to ask your question as well question as well troy are you there oh yeah hey what's up how's it going i'm going to digress and give you back the floor since we're so short on time because i knew you were trying to share some music and uh i'll jump in the next time it was a very full day but thank you Awesome. Yeah, Arts, did you want to spend the rest of the time with questions or did you want to share uh, some music that you had planned as well? Uh, what does the room think? We, I think we might have like, Ty, if you have everything queued up music. over there. Music. <laughs> yeah. Music. Let's yeah, go okay. music. Boom, music. Let's go. Let's I go. Love, I love oh. to hear everybody, but I, I was here for the music. I'm sorry. Uh, that's what's up. All right, so you know what? We'll uh, do something uh, that we did the other night um, when one of the collectors spotlighted me. We played a record called "On My Way Back Home," and um, I guess we'll let, let's uh, let's spin "On My Way Back Home," and then I don't know, like something recent tie um, that shows like the versatility because we do everything from from rap, boom bap stuff to more experimental stuff and unconventional stuff too, and I think that is more speaks to how we feel like we're going to release nfts too so maybe playing records like on my way back home and um and vlad would you have a choice or something and maybe ghetto elon musk i think ghetto elon musk is cool cool all right uh yeah let, let's queue up the tunes and then like i said after this room we'll just create another room just for anybody who did have questions and wants to vibe real quick you ready ty Hold on one second. Let me pull up the tunes real quick. Save us. Um, all right, cool. Did uh, anybody have a quick question we could get into maybe for the next minute? Yes. Go for it. Thanks, everybody. My question is, what was your timeline to getting your first NFT out? Meaning, did it take like a week? How was that process? <laughs> I'm a very impulsive uh, person sometimes, and I love to learn from experience, you know. So uh, for us, it was uh, we had we we had created this in the physical world already at the beginning of the quarantine. We dropped uh, two records called Miss Sandy and Miss Batista, and I created comic books for them. But one of them, Miss Batista, I actually didn't do any prints of. So I said, you know what? Why not just launch with this? We already commissioned the artist for this, but I even actually, uh, you know, brought the artists in because I wanted them to become familiar with the NFT space as well. And we just dropped it and gifted a couple away. Now we sold about like eight, I believe, of, of that specific NFT. And it shows a, a, a proof of concept. And I think that's the best way you can learn and figure out how to fit into it as well. Nice. Thank you. Um, Andrew, Alex, you had something quick. Or Ty, are you ready? You set up? Music, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, let's cue it. Let's, uh, let's spin on my way back home. 
Um, and then uh, we could jump into ghetto Elon Musk. Yo, Ty, you good up? You good up on sound over there? If there's another quick question in the meantime or comment or statement, let's get that going so we don't hold the room up. Yo, I just wanted to say um, on the part of uh, the rejects uh, kind of idea and you were talking about more experimental music and stuff for your NFTs. Um, I just, one of my favorite quotes from a musician is by Lil B. And he says, there's no such thing as bad musicians or bad artists, you know? Because when you boil it down, music is just um, an expression of your experience, your thoughts, and your feelings. So who can tell you that those are wrong? So just, I think the biggest step for all of this is just believe 100% in the product that you create. I agree. Church. Thank you for that, Lee. Appreciate that a lot. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear yes, you sir. now, Ty. Okay, 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 cool. What's one you want to start with? Uh, Ghetto Elon Musk or uh, what's one you want let's, to start start with? Let's start with On My Way Back Home and maybe trim it at the end before the opera comes in or right when it comes in um, just so we could play both. Even though that sucks, but... <laughs> I'm gonna get it, I get it. She thought I'd be busted, baby. I'm gonna get it, I get it. 
I'm on my way back home, the missionary position. Gotta explain to mama the way she got me addicted. Yeah, she got me addicted. Yeah, she got me addicted. I double back to the start and get a pack of some switches. I was exiting out, that's when the tension got thicker. I bumped in the car. He said, boy, what you bitch? And you smell like weed. Probably keeping the peace. Said, sorry, Mr. Officer, I'm keeping the peace. I was just headed back home. God, see my dumb peace. I gotta make up for some wrongs and give her all of me. I'm on my way back home, then it's my mama right after. I promise I ain't telling lies. I ain't without an actor. Took the wrong way home, and then the start proceeds. He went to reach for his gun, so I blow him to peace. And I'm blown to pieces. And I blow him to pieces. He went to reach for his gun, that's when I blow him to pieces. When I blow on the pieces, when I blow on the pieces, he went to reach for his gun, that's why I blow on the pieces. They try to shoot you down, they try to take your soul, they send you on your way, you took the wrong way home, you're far away from home, so far away from Side, we can switch it. So that was on my way back home, and we'll quickly get into Get On Elon Musk. Uh, this is a record, uh, this first, that last record Ty produced, um, and this next record Vlad produced, just to show you the combination of the different styles and flavors. We, you know, kicking in your ear, you dig? Shit is fire. Thank you. I got lots of plans and some things that I want. I'm on my land, get her everything she want. Promise I won't land, promise that we take it off. Acres in the back, y'all, Porsches in the front. I'm the ghetto, Elon Musk. Rockets taking off, now the things are popping off Don't you guess it was low Working on the clock, I've been working on a lot And it's 25, 8, ground state, it don't stop They keep going, going, going down Hey, keep your foot on the gas Make moments that last Save a little, not a cash Yo, it's no time Letting go of the past Checking in no bags Working on a new path What you doing now? Take dreams in my jaguar wow. Helicopter to the pad, huh? Lovely, bad, man How you doing now? Carrying up all the bags, confidence in the bag. Hustle like mom and dad. How you doing? 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 
I got five on the tank, I got ten on the dirt Show you where I'm from, that's just like a greeting Say what's up when I pull over Make sure that shit banging out your trunk When I'm hungover, I just need a blunt to call my nerve When she come over, she gon' get some gin and get some smoke uh, yeah. It's real when y'all out, start to poach y'all down Meaning of the work ethic approach Got me battling ghosts, shadow boxing with Bruce Lee So let's talk. lots of plans and some things that I want I'm a mama lamb, get her everything she want Promise I won't land, promise that we taking off Niggas in the back, y'all posters in the front I'm the ghetto, Elon Musk Like it's taking off, now the things are popping off Don't you guess it was love? Working on the clock, I've been working on a lot And it's 25, 8, grind state, it don't stop They keep going, going, slowing down Ayy, keep your foot on the